It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional. I'm here getting nicely tucked into bed and getting some warm milk by the pastor, Charlie Eastman, who serves at Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. And of course, we have our masks on because we're smart like that. And I'm Charlie Eastman. And uh, well, he already said that. And I'm with Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Charlie, do you like to put honey in warm milk? I, you know, that's, there's a thing, um, my wife has a Romanian tradition called shodo, mm-hmm. which is warm milk with an egg in it, but oh. I, I think there's honey in it for children, and there might not be for adults, but anyway, do, are, you a, are you a milk honeyist? Uh, I don't usually just drink warm milk anyways, but... It, nor do I. Um, if I have tea, and if I want to really splurge, usually I drink my tea unadulterated. Yes, me as too. As pure as should. My friend David Pasmino has turned me on to oat milk. Oat um, milk is good. Oatly is the brand I've used, and I got okay. the Barista Edition, which has a little more fat, mm. which makes it excellent for cappuccinos and lattes. Oh, so okay. whenever I make one of those, I use the Oatly. But I don't really like warm milk, and I'm sure people are really well, glad to know this about us. I like it if, if I want to have like a snack. A drink. Oh. Then I'll have tea with some. I'll put in some milk or cream, and then some honey as well. And that. Why don't it you feels just like eat I'm a biscuit? Myself. And a biscuit. Why don't you just yeah. eat a biscuit. I mean, that's really the crux of the matter. Yeah, right. Tea's just a vehicle for biscuits, is what they tell you when you go to the UK. <laughs> Nobody likes tea. Which anyway, a biscuit. How are you doing, Charlie? How are things at Pilgrim Congregational Church? Hey, things are fan-fantabulous. We had a youth wow. group meeting this week. We had Ooh. worship indoors and outdoors. Uh, we have our new coordinator of Christian Ed, Don Sorensen, is on board mm-hmm. uh, at the church, uh, who's a f- dear friend of mine from Andover Newton from many years ago. Excellent. Um, we both uh, we both came up through the ranks. Uh, at a similar time, and uh, paths diverged, and they've reconverged, and it's oh, that's great. great to be working with Dawn again. I think the children and families at Pilgrim are going to really benefit from from her uh, her insight and her clear-eyed uh, ability to to see us and help us become even better than we are. So, does she also have a full heart? Would you say? Yeah, why not? So yeah. she has clear eyes and full heart. And full heart. Yes. So one could say that she just can't lose. That's right. She can't. That's you're, you're referencing welcome. something that I have no idea what you're talking about. For so. any of those who have watched Friday Night Lights, you're welcome. Oh, okay. There we go. That's that's a sports balls move, film uh, show, and I've it's it's seen one that. and and Charlie, you know how athletically inclined I am, and how much I love to talk about sport. Well, um, you it, you are athletically inclined as an individual. Oh, sure, but I mean, don't ask me to be engaged in like team sports that involve yes. skills and abilities. Got it. Got it. But you um, know the first downs and the second downs and all that stuff. Um, those horse, those are horse races, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good. Nailed it. Good. But um, <laughs> it's a Friday Night Lights is a really good show, especially it, it, for non-sports fans as well. I've heard it's more about small town community yeah. and kind of celebration of yeah. those uh, traditional American values that people feel we're out of touch with. Yeah. We are meandering a bit today, aren't we? Well, I think that's... You know, it's it's all right. We have to be gentle with ourselves. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we're going to be right on track, and, and other times we're just going to need to feel the love a little more. Yeah, that's nice. Well, before mm. we before I pick up that beautifully laid segue... Oh, yes. Tell me what's going on at East Greenwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, things are good at East Greenwich. We, are, um, we went apple picking last Sunday. 
Huzzah. It was, and it was kind of fun because everyone just showed up on their own and did their own apple picking. But as I was wandering through the orchard, I would find a church family and then mm-hmm. another church family. It was just kind of nice just to, not only picking apples, but picking relationships oh, with members of First Baptist Church. Um, that was pretty bad. Uh, this month, we're, we're doing our cereal challenge, so we're encouraging people to start stacking up their cereal boxes. If you come to worship, bring them then. Or on October 31st, uh, from 9 to 12, you can drop them off at the church, and we'll be building structures and stuff with the cereal boxes and having oh, some fun. Oh, that's awesome. And Very good. Are, yeah, the donations. And also just want to remind people that the 25th of October, we have a congregational meeting to talk Ooh. about our church house and all the and will they at, at some point in the meeting, will they say, Pastor, you can leave now. And then at the end of the meeting, they'll come to you and say, we have a new pastor, and it's not you. Oh, well, I... Maybe. Nobody told me, but wouldn't that be a twist? They wouldn't wouldn't tell you. Uh, Since you went to October 25th, let me jump ahead past that terrible joke and say that uh, uh, we have a uh, pumpkin carving uh, at the church, um, and it's going to be three to five outside. Bring your own pumpkin, your own tools, and we will carve together and make jack-o'-lanterns and have fun. Carve out some space for Jesus while you carve out your pumpkin. That's right. Well done. I've we seen are a, full of pithy impertinence I, today. Uh, something. I love it. I, yeah. Well, I have, a, I have to write 10 ad spots for a radio um, bit we're going to do, so I've just got to... Because, you know, radio is still relevant. Uh, it it I, is in some parts of the world. It is. That's true. I've Maybe seen, where they drink coffee milk, that might still be a thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm, trying to seg- I'm trying to nicely segue into our topic. And I know you are. You keep I know. going. Go ahead. So, all right. <laughs> So you're, you're going to be carving pumpkins, right, Charlie? We are. I've seen a number of different ways that people carve pumpkins. I've seen people attack their pumpkins with ferocity and mm-hmm. anger. Have you seen that? I've seen it. Yeah. Sometimes, often from using the wrong tools and, and just being in a rush, Yeah. Uh, things like that make the, make the experience more challenging. But, but then those, there's others who, yeah. who are just artists on right. a pumpkin, who are deft, it, who understand the value of a sharp knife uh, mm. as opposed to a dull one, and who make, and who and who have fun doing it, even if it doesn't look great, they have fun. So. They're the ones that always say that I'm not carving the pumpkin; I'm just taking out the parts that don't belong and oh, letting right. the carvedness of it emerge. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, it. You know what, though, I noticed in that there's a real love towards what they're doing. There is. Yeah. That's wonderful. It is, and it is. Love is kind of the core of everything that we are supposed to be doing as churches, um, and there's a, there, there's a chance that we might make connections with people in ways that other organizations these days can't necessarily, mm. because we have that founding of love that Christ taught us about, uh, that sense that love should be the first way that we meet people, and not just some people, but all people, and that is why the third part of our mission statement, our vision statement, sorry... Um, is loving all at Pilgrim Church. So the full statement is growing faith, strengthening families, loving all. I still and need subjects we'll... to those. I'm I'm not going to be happy with. Okay, but that's but that's my thing. But so then then it's just you, you growing faith. Yeah, you, you. and that second person plural, right? Yeah. Now let's just say God. <laughs> so the, the third <laughs> the third part is loving, loving all. all. Indeed. And that's, that is something that is, as usual uh, with these things, easier 
said than done for some people in certain situations. Um, I was preparing for the prayers of the people, and I looked down the list of prayers that had been submitted, and I realized that there were a few prayers that I hadn't heard from anybody that I had to add in myself. Hmm. And so as I said that prayer, um, looking out into the congregation, I I had two services, as we do, one indoor and one outdoor, 10 and 11.30 if you're in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and you've signed up. Um, And I... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, COVID. And I, uh, I said the names, and each time I did, I caught at least one face, that, a furrowed brow and a shake mm. of the head. But I said, please, let us pray for President Trump and mm. First Lady Melania Trump, yeah. and for all around them who are suffering from COVID and mm-hmm. whose bodies need healing. And I know what I was seeing. I was mm-hmm. seeing the face of someone who doesn't support this administration, who doesn't mm-hmm. appreciate the policies and procedures that that Trump and his allies have put into place. And I, I, I get it. We don't all have to agree on everything all the time, but this injunction of loving all surpasses policy. It, it surpasses the need to be right in, in every situation. And it recognizes that though we may differ, some of mm-hmm. us in certain ways, ideologically, we, we still have to cherish one another. We still have to love one another's humanity. We still have to accept one another as a child of God, um, whether we are 180 degrees opposed from each other, philosophically, politically, whatever. It's interesting that, um, I mean, we could stop right there. You want to just move the prayer? I'm out of You kind of, <laughs> you said Too it. kind. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's, you know, there, it's, there are, uh, you know, a couple of, of the parables that Jesus offered really do emphasize this radical love, the mm. radical nature of the love that he calls us. I mean, the Good Samaritan is one of the ones that I think comes up right away. Absolutely. Where people who are enemies. But I think also the prodigal son mm-hmm. um, speaks of first the, the radical love that God has towards us, uh, but then where the older brother misses the point Completely. In, in having that love as well for someone that... Yeah. In, when, I, when I work with uh, people who are part of families where uh, a family member is not speaking to the other family member, mm-hmm. so often it feels like uh, judgment and love are in a tension mm. that is a zero-sum game. And it feels oh, like if you are tipping the scale on your judgment, it is very difficult for you to enact your love. And, and I think that's true with the political thing, too. I think when, when your judgment clouds the field so completely, when it becomes the thing that you define yourself with, I will be what I judge, I, I will be defined by how I judge others. Mm, yeah. Um, like, like these these people don't, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. You could use right. a thousand examples from 2020. Um, but when judgment rules, we lose that chance to, to have love and... And I feel it too. I feel it too. When I'm feeling judgy about mm-hmm. something, I, I got to be able to break that down and recognize it in myself. Um, I think it's hard. A, a ch- there's a challenge there because we are called to speak truth to power, mm-hmm. to call out what we see as evil, mm-hmm. uh, and and we don't want to become so passive that we we say like, well, they're just doing what they do, and I, I might not understand it, but I'm still going to love them no matter what. Right. Uh, you know, there there are moments when we do have to say that action is wrong. Sure. Uh, sure. But I think you're right. Then, but then we start to conflate 
judging the action with judging the character of the person. Oh, gosh, of course. I mean, if families operated that way, then, then kids would leave home at age six. Oh, is that, a poss- is that an option? No, sorry. And no. it's too late anyway. Here's yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. They, they just can't. You, you, you have to be able to work past judgment in order mm. to have love. We do this in our love relationships. We do yeah. this in our, our church-loving relationships where we're, where we're holding, you know, they say one of, the, one of the hallmarks of church is that you get to work on projects with people you would never associate with in normal life. Um, mm. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's one of the values that we bring. We bring people together through this artificial construct. Church is not a normal way that people organize in nature. Uh, in nature, we form tribes, we, we gather food, we hunt, we do various activities, we might farm together, but, but there's, a, there's an intentional thing about church gathering right. that is kind of unlike everything else. I mean, I guess it's akin to, to temple gathering and, and other kinds of mosque gathering and other things, but, but this religious expression together mm-hmm. ideally brings people together that don't all see eye to eye. And as a result, organizations like churches can thrive, and, and it's astounding what people will push themselves to do right. in God's name. Right. Um, and of it, course, I'm focusing on the good now, certainly right. evil well, has I, been done too, but... I think with our, your church and the church I serve, um, we probably see that diversity a lot right now in, politically. Yes, and that, Certainly. And and that's a I think that's a it's a good thing when we are in this day and age at this time. Yeah, we need to be able to get together across political bounds because everywhere else we're told not to. That's right. You, you know the idea of saying that we need to love all. Mm-hmm. It's a theological statement about creation. Oh, say more. I'm sure you knew that right now. Uh, I mean, it, because I mean, what you're saying is everyone is inherently good. Mm. or in, inherently deserves love. It, and it's, this is one of the challenges I have um, when talking with my liberal and Christian brother, or liberal and conservative, liberal and Christian, because if you're liberal, you're not Christian. No. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, come on. Uh, liberal and conservative Christian brothers and sisters, uh, is there comes a point when talking about someone that they vilify, they'll say, that person is just evil. Oh, yeah. You hear it all the time. Right. And as soon as we say that, we have objectified the individual mm-hmm. and we have demeaned their, the essence of who they are. We have demeaned their right. worth. And That's we've right. said that God has created something that is not worthy of love. Mm-hmm. I think when you say we have to be loving all, you're saying everyone is created worthy of love. Absolutely. Which is a Thank hard you. thing. That's, yeah. a, that's a great framing. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the... Uh, Worthy of love, that's such an important set of words to put together. I'm thinking about when uh, a couple comes into the church, mm. and, and, and it's Sunday morning, and your regulars are all there, mm-hmm. and a new couple comes into church, and they are, I'm just going to go really stereotypically obvious for most kind of button-down New England churches, they're covered with tattoos up and mm-hmm. down their arms, maybe they have some on their necks. Their hygiene level doesn't equal what everyone else's hygiene level in the church generally right. equals. Um, they 
don't know where to sit. They don't know that there's a bulletin. They just sit down in the pew and wait for something to happen. Right. Nobody goes near them. It is so obvious they're like the the pig pen character in Peanuts with the cloud hanging around them. Mm. It's not a cloud of dirt. It's a cloud of uncertainty, of of ignorance over what they're about or or what they might represent. They might... They might smell like cigarettes or booze or whatever. Um, it is so easy for churches like ours to tiptoe around people like that if we're not intentionally focused on loving all. Right. And in, in truth, that couple could be the people who most need what the church has that morning. Mm, yeah. But how do, how do folks who regularly attend church... Um, get out of that sense that the church is is principally for them. So loving all needs to take precedent over being comfortable and feeling safe. Which is does not mean that you shouldn't feel comfortable or safe right. in, in that in that act of loving all. Look, where does where does love grow? Love grows in a in a bed of 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 feeling and trust. Trust is an essential component of of real lasting love. And if you have lived with your church and come to trust your church, and by trust your church, I don't mean trust that the timbers will hold the roof up. I mean, trust the people around you to care for one another and to care for people who need to be shepherded into the experience. If you have that level of trust, then experiences like the one I just described don't happen. Because those two people would come in and they'd be greeted right away. Right. They'd be welcomed into the life of the church. They'd be welcomed in because in so doing, you'd know you're loving them by offering them hospitality, and you know that those around you are going to behave similarly. Right, right. Ideally. Others won't judge or ostracize you. For... Well, they're, they're going to judge. That's okay. the secret of loving all. It's, yeah. it's not that you lose your judgment. It's that you set it aside. Right. That's why I would use the word precedent. One takes precedent over the other. Thank you. Because we're human. We are going to say, ooh, those people are different. And then we have to say, but I'm going to push those feelings aside and go ahead and love them. Right. So, Charlie, can I go on a little bit of a tirade just for a moment? One that I think you'll agree with. I wish you would. Oh, oh, great. (laughs) Fantastic. This is why putting, making ourselves maybe a little uncomfortable to wear a mask is an act of love. Ah, it Probably we're, you know, this is, I'm preaching to the choirs of both of our congregations, but just in case, uh, because I know it's uncomfortable to wear a mask. I know mm-hmm. it. I, have, I do it as well. But because we just don't know if we have something or someone else has something, and because we want to keep people safe, and because we say we love people, we put on the mask, and mm-hmm. we make ourselves uncomfortable for a while. So that everyone else can still gather and people can be safe. Mm-hmm. It's an act of love. Certainly it is. And we have precedent. We know from very recent evidence all over the news that when people who have the virus don't wear masks, they infect other people around mm. them. That's yeah. how it works. If we're not all wearing coverings, we're all open to the transmission here. For me, this argument is easy because it's like creation yeah. care. Mm-hmm. My, my idea around a creation care is that people say, well, uh, pe- people who are opposed to creation care, and by this I mean environmentalism, uh, people who are, uh, who are 
you know, more pro-business and less pro-environment, let's say. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm offending someone with, even with my labels. Well, you offended me, so that's okay. Okay, good. So people who say that will will say uh, humans are not responsible. This is just the cycle of the earth. This is just the way it is. Okay, fine. But even if that was the case, that humans didn't have an impact in the majority, right. what if there was a chance that they did? Right. And so if you were actually a steward of creation, if you actually gave a flying fig, whether the earth was here in 20 years or not, wouldn't you want to take steps to ensure that it could be? Wouldn't you want to have less of an impact and not more? I just don't see a logical line that leads us to say we should just run roughshod over God's creation because it won't matter, because we can, when in fact, the way you cherish something is by giving it a place of honor and protecting it. And so we do that. We do that with the earth, with the, um, with the uh, what's it called? When you provide space for bees. For the bees? Pollinator, oh, pollinator gardens, oh, yeah. with, uh, with wetlands. There's mm-hmm. so many places that we set aside. Why, why wouldn't we want to set aside human beings by covering our faces and, and having them yeah. cover theirs to protect them from this, this challenge? So um, two, loving two, all yeah. can take a lot of forms. It can. So two thoughts. One, I think Flying Figs is also the name of a um, a funk Christian band. Okay, it certainly and, could be. And, and, and if it's they not, used to it be the Flying be. Fig Leaves, but they got an injunction from a band <laughs> of Germany, so they had to cut it to just Flying Figs. <laughs> the Flying Fig, fig Leaves is is a band, but also they do deep undercover work and expose everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're I knew we'd get a dad joke out of it eventually. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how I roll. But also I want to um, bring us back to that loving all, that human, that human element. I think to bring in creation is so important as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's an essential aspect of, of how we are to be in relation with God and others and creation. Right. Look around you. Everyone is not created like you are. Not no. everyone is white. Not everyone is is gender obviously identified not not everyone likes or thinks the same things it's not a, everyone it's likes a, friday night lights you know it's a it's a multivalent world and thank god for the richness of mm-hmm. diversity um loving all was important to us mm-hmm. because um as a church because we had just gone through the open and affirming process ah. to remind folks from the lgbtq plus community that they are welcome at yeah. Pilgrim Congregational Church. And and that's an important part of the statement, too. Reminding people that just because their family doesn't fit the 1955 definition of family, that that the church is still with them. The church right. has not turned its back on them. And that and that their way of, of being and living and loving is is wondrous and and blessed. So there's, I mean, there's a wonderful aspect of acceptance, but still maintaining who you are when you're loving all. It's one saying, I accept you as a child of God, mm-hmm. created, you know, lovingly um, created by God. Uh, but I also hold on to who I am. And if there's parts of you that I don't understand or agree with or aren't sure about, I will talk to you about it. Uh, but yeah. I won't stop loving you because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, I would just say there, there are some... I'll speak personally. Oh, oh. We're going to get real <laughs> um, there here are, for a second? There are some, some conversations people are subjected to that they don't, they don't have to talk to you about, and they don't have to defend to you. Mm. Um, so, so I guess, 
you know, when you say disagreement, I get worried that maybe somebody who thinks they don't agree with uh, a gay person's right to be married, um, that that they can have a discussion with that person about how they don't agree with that. I feel like we've moved beyond that in 2020. I don't feel like mm. anybody from the LGBT community has to defend their marriage to anybody anymore. But I've revealed my bias, and yeah, there it is. I think um, it depends on the church community you're in. I, I, know. I guess I wouldn't choose to be a part of a church community where that had to be discussed. Okay, I'm and done. That's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Uh, my, I, I see here. I come from that position of privilege. No mm-hmm. one has ever questioned my right to be married to my wife. Right. And why would they? Because that's how it's been done since whenever. But on the other hand, now that we've achieved a new level of equality and a sense of 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 God's blessing for all, I'm I'm just not right. willing to have those discussions that way anymore. Well, that's fair. There are Christians who continue to read the Bible in a specific kind of way. Amen. Who you're, then, you're so right. And and I think it's yep. so important for there for some to be those bridge builders in, in that area as well. I think yep. you're right to say those who are LGBTQ+, we shouldn't put the onus on them to have to sigh oh, and sure. explain themselves again and again. Right. So honestly, I should rephrase what I said. Come well, talk I'm... to me about it. If you need to talk about it, if you don't understand it and you want to have a conversation with it, talk to me about it. Right. But, but I don't believe you should approach people in those loving relationships and and put them on trial because you don't understand something. Well, I wonder if there's a difference between putting someone on trial and saying, you know, I love you, I, I know you, I love you, I can't understand this, can you help me? And maybe those persons in those individual relationships might have room for that. Yeah. But don't assume that you're going to get a, a loving response to that because it's hard for people. Right. It's it, really hard for people when it, they feel assailed. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I think it's it's con- contextual, it, it's situational. Obviously, yeah. it, you know, if it's someone that you have a relationship with them and you know them, that's a different place. And if you're just going up to someone who just start, you know, started coming to church and is um, different from you are, and you say, "How could you be that way? What's wrong with you?" Right. Then that's not loving. And this that's- is a tender edge for me too, because m- our churches are known for their judgment. Mm-hmm. People who don't go to our churches don't go because they've felt judged somehow, right? either by a loved. minister or by a deacon or by just someone else who sits near them in the pew yeah. or, or by God, maybe, because something happened in their life that they just interpret that way. But so often, people who can't feel the love at church are very capable of feeling the judgment. And the old song is supposed to be, they'll know we're Christians by our judgment, no, by our love. No. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. By yeah. our love. And we're so good at kind of circumnavigating that when judgment mm. overrides. And I obviously struggle with it. Well, I think we all do and should. I hope so. I, uh, yeah. So I think loving all is tough. You should, have, talk, yeah. you should have put something different in there, like loving most. <laughs> loving most. <laughs> loving many. <laughs> loving many. Um, and let's circle back to the whole reason for this vision statement. Yeah. Uh, growing faith, strengthening families, loving all. These are all aspirations. Your vision statement is what you're casting towards. It's the thing you want to get to. So we're not saying Pilgrim Church has, throughout its history, been a perfect place of growing faith, strengthening families, loving all. We're saying that's where we want to be. Mm. That's where we want to go. 
that's where we think we should collectively arrive. And so yeah. it's, it's aspirational. It's the beginning. It's the setting out. It's, it's where we're going. And I'm, I'm just grateful that we have it. That's fantastic. Well, I've, I, Charlie, thanks for, for letting us journey with you through this, uh, <laughs> these vision statements. It's been, it's been informative and uh, in, in, enlightening, illuminating. I think that's all I've got for me. Good. Uh, good. So, uh, yeah, this has been I'm, good. I'm grateful for the chance to talk through it. And it's keep in mind, too, this is my... You're, you're hearing me and Jonathan talk about the vision statement. We had a whole team. There were seven other people on the team that helped put together this statement, people that represented a cross-section of, of you know, genders and, and uh, life experiences and ages and everything. So this was just our, our best attempt right now, mm. and uh, it'll evolve. It'll Great. It'll evolve over time. So as we move to prayer. Yes. I have, have a prayer from Walter Rauschenbusch. We've been on a lovely book by Dennis L. Johnson, To Live in God, Daily Reflections with Walter Rauschenbusch. Thank you, Dennis. Printed on by uh, Judson Press. Judson Press. Hooray. An American Baptist publishing house. That's right. <laughs> Still cranking out the good stuff. Thank you, they, Judson Press. They are. Yeah, well done. So, yeah, we've been on a Rauschenbusch kick. I think we're going to go mm-hmm. one more week with Rauschenbusch and then maybe okay. give him a little break. Maybe we'll find someone else to... We're Rauschenbushed. <laughs> Come on. It was going to happen sooner or later. Uh, <laughs> no, I, brought, I love Rauschenbusch. That brought me so much joy, that joke. Oh, <laughs> there's not many. There's not many in 2020 who can still appreciate that joke. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Why, All right why don't so you, why don't I'll start praying, and, and then you'll yeah. pray, and then we'll close with Walter. Sounds good. All right. Let's pray. God, help us in our journey, in our quest towards loving all. Help us to love everyone, including those people who have problems with loving all. God, open our eyes to the beauty of your creation. Open our eyes to the beauty of your children. Help us first to see that beauty. Help us to be present in a way that's honest and authentic. And soften our judgment so that love may rise. Mm. And from Walter Rauschenbusch, O Jesus, if in our loyalty to the church of the past, we have distrusted thy living voice and have suffered thee to pass from our door unheard, we pray thee forgive us. If ever we have been more concerned for the strong and the rich than for the shepherdless throngs of the people for whom thy soul grieved, we pray thee to forgive us. Amen. Amen. Does he have any prayers that's just that doesn't challenge us or make you feel kind of bad? Yeah, not so much. No, yeah. There's always that kernel of you've got something to work on in Rauschenbusch <laughs> because he lived in a world that he looked around and he said, "There's a lot we need to improve here. There's greatness here, but there's yeah. there's things we need to be be better at." So, God love him. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Charlie, it's always good to see you. Thanks for the for the warm milk and for tucking me in. I'm ready to just curl up for a nice right. evening. And sounds good. Just don't take that mask off till I'm out of the room. Oh, right, right. No, I sleep with the mask on. Oh, hey, why not? Yeah, <laughs> just embrace. Keep the yeah. frog. I put some cucumbers on my eyes and keep the mask on and wake up with my skin. Refreshed. I can visualize this also perfectly, but I can't do it without giggling. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Be well. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.